Welcome to the People Powered Business Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Lee Billet. If you employ staff, engage contractors, or rely on people to help deliver your products or services, you're in the right place. Join us each week as we dive in to uncover what makes people tick, learn the best strategies and tactics to build an amazing team, and most importantly, discover how you, the business owner or leader, can unleash the power of your people to help create the successful business you deserve. Let's get started. Hey there, it's Christy Lee here. Welcome to episode number 162 of the People Powered Business Podcast. It's great to have you with us today and welcome to this week's episode. Now, this week's episode is a little bit of a follow-on episode from last week's episode where we were talking about those of us who really don't love leadership and management and being a boss to the point where we kind of avoid doing it. We spoke about the phenomenon of being a non-boss, if you like, a boss avoider. And this week, I want to swing the pendulum to the complete other end of the boss spectrum and have a chat about micromanaging. Now, if you're listening to this, I want you to put your hand up or nod your head if you're driving. If any of this sounds true to you, are you a control freak? I have my hand up. <laughs> Are you a perfectionist? Is that you? Do you have a fear of failure? Because for many entrepreneurs, business owners especially, we might answer yes to that and more. And if any of those sound a little bit like you, buckle up because today's episode is exactly what you need. And even if that's not you, today's episode is going to be really interesting when we unpack this other side of the spectrum of being a boss, and that is when we micromanage our people. So in today's episode, we're going to dive into what micromanagement actually is, because I think for many of us, we think it is about just giving instruction and that's micromanaging, but it's not that. And I want to get into what it actually looks like in practice. I want to talk to the common characteristics of micromanagers and why we tend to do it, because there are some underlying reasons. I want to share with you why it's bad for business, because it really is one of the most damaging things you can be doing in your business. And I'm going to give you some practical strategies to become a reformed micromanager (laughs) and swing away from using these micromanaging strategies and tactics. So let's talk first about what micromanagement actually is, because giving someone an instruction or a direction is not micromanaging. And for those of us who feel like it is, it's why we tend to end up not managing particularly effectively at all. But micromanaging is actually far more explicit than that. So the Oxford Dictionary defines micromanaging as controlling every part, however small, of an entire enterprise or activity. It is controlling the nuanced, finer details of every moving part in a project. So micromanagement is a management style. And I think that's important to know. All it is, is a a management strategy. It's like a hat we can put on or put off. Just because we are micromanaging doesn't mean that that's the way we have to manage or that there is, we're not capable of any other ways. It's purely a management style. And it's a management style where the leader or manager really closely observes and controls every aspect of the employee's work, 
often to the point of excessive interference. Now, if you've had a micromanaging boss before, you know exactly what it feels like, right? It is total control over every little thing. A micromanager has to have constant input over everything, all the details, nothing can pass them. And I'm going to get into some of the real issues with micromanaging, but I see it play out a lot with some of the clients I work with. So uh, there's a business that I've worked with recently, and without going into details, the as the boss of the business, you do want to be across things. Like there's no doubt that you need to have your eyes over, you know, all the moving parts. But when you have to have direct involvement in all the tiny things, like the boss I was working with recently, nothing gets done. It's so frustrating to try and get things moving. And often the involvement that you have makes the end result worse in the process. So I think we can all hand on heart say that we have dipped into micromanagement at one point or another. And today I'm going to really talk to you about what it says about your trust issues as well. We're going a little bit therapeutic on today's episode of the podcast, but you can relate, right? Whether you've experienced it as an employee in the past or whether you you know, can relate to the fact possibly you have done this in your own leadership journey, it's that over-excessive interference with every thing that's going on with a project. And as the person experiencing the micromanaging, it can feel very heavy and very exhausting. So micromanagement is not just about being clear about instruction and direction. Micromanagement is about excessive interference, having control over every part, however small. I wanted to frame that up for you because I think for some of us as managers, especially the reluctant managers and reluctant bosses amongst us, we think that by doing basic management, we're micromanaging. And I just want to reinforce that is not the case. Micromanagement is one end of a spectrum and it is an extreme end and it's very, very excessive interference and and involvement. That's the right word. So what are some common characteristics of micromanaging bosses? What do you think they are? What have you seen? What have you experienced? What do you know you do yourself? The first is potentially the most obvious, control freaks. Now, I don't know many people that get into business that actually aren't control (laughs) freaks, myself included. And micromanaging bosses do often have a little bit of the control freak about them because they like to be in charge. And people that like to be in charge often like to be controlling to a freakish level. Uh, It might mean that you're not very good at delegating and that you don't like to give autonomy because essentially you think you know best and it's your way or the highway. (laughs) So micromanaging bosses do tend to be control freaks. They also tend to not trust their teams. We're really going to dig into these trust issues today. Micromanaging bosses simply don't trust their teams. They don't trust the team to complete the task on time or to the standard or the way they want it done. And as a result of this lack of trust, they find themselves constantly checking in, providing feedback, making changes, suggesting different things, even on the small details that actually probably don't matter. They will change course. They will just meddle. Meddle is probably a good word for it in things that they don't need to because they don't trust the team would figure that out or would get it done or it wouldn't be right. 
or it wouldn't be to the quality that we expect. Micromanaging bosses have trust issues and it's something we absolutely need to work on. Micromanaging bosses are also perfectionists. And again, this pops up so, so commonly with entrepreneurs because often entrepreneurs get into their business because they love what they do and they're extremely, extremely passionate about what they do. And they set very high standards for themselves. And as a result, that is transitioned to their team as well. So sometimes they'll get in the weeds of the tiny details, trying to finesse every little thing and sort of lose sight almost of the big picture when they're down in those weeds. They just pick up on all the little minor tiny issues when they don't need to because they're being a perfectionist. Now, if you've ever struggled with being a perfectionist before, and I would like to consider myself a reformed perfectionist, um, I I guess for me growing up, I grew up, and I think I've shared the story about my grandfather's timber factory, and he was very influential on my life because he, for, for many reasons, he was an absolutely beautiful human being. Uh, He was also a very successful entrepreneur and business owner. And one of his mottos is, if you're not going to do it properly the first time, don't do it at all. Don't bother doing it at all, was the sort of wording he would use. He was an absolute perfectionist. And because in the craft of what he was creating, because he created things with his hands, perfectionism was important. It was precision work to the millimetre, probably tenths of millimetres. So perfectionism was required in the work that he did and he expected it of himself and his team and I think I carried a lot of that and what I realize now is that in for a lot of things certainly in my team done is better than perfect 80% there is a great start we can move from there but when you get caught up on being a perfectionist and on that perfectionist mindset often things don't get done and you definitely become a micromanager Micromanagers are absolutely terrible at delegating, absolutely terrible. They want to hold on to everything for themselves. They think that they need to own it all. They don't give things to their team. And we're going to talk about some of the negative effects, of course, of this in just a moment, but they're just terrible, really bad delegators. And not only micromanagers are bad delegators, like lots of people are bad delegators, but micromanagers really do. They're terrible at it. And they sometimes even self-sabotage when they try and delegate because they set it up to fail because they want to swoop in and be the perfectionist and the control freak again. So there's some of the common characteristics, control freaks, lack of trust, perfectionism, difficulty delegating. They're things we know about and they're things we know are not good for our business. So why do we keep doing them? It's really simple. Sometimes it's these characteristics themselves that stop us from letting loose from our micromanaging styles. But sometimes our need to continue to micromanage comes from a place of fear, which I find really interesting. A lot of the businesses I work with in the Power Boss Coaching Program, it comes back to a, a fear of uh, how they communicate not knowing how to communicate, a fear of failure because their business success is so very important to them as it should be. But that fear of failure means that they micromanage things. Often it's also because we fear this lack of control. It comes back to the control freight thing, right? We fear that if we let go of things and we delegate and we don't micromanage, then we might lose sight of what's going on. Something might go wrong and we're going to miss it. So it's this uh, sort of optical piece where we think we can't see what's going on and therefore something 
might happen. And the other reason that we tend to continue to do it is comes back to our communication skills. If we're bad communicators, we're going to end up micromanaging because we haven't clearly communicated what we wanted our team to do. And so we have to swoop in and micromanage. And it becomes a vicious cycle because instead of working on what we should be working on, our communication skills, our delegation skills, we get in this cycle of continuing to micromanage. So we've touched on what it actually means to micromanage, the characteristics that typical micromanagers exhibit and I think every entrepreneur can relate to at least one of those. (laughs) And so what's the negative consequences? Why is it bad? Why does it matter if we're micromanaging if things are successful? I tell you now, it matters immensely to your team. And without the right team, you don't have a growing successful business that's going to give you any sense of freedom. You may as well be working on your own. So your micromanaging is having a direct impact on you it's having a direct impact on your team and it's having a direct impact on the success of your business. So the first thing micromanaging does to our people is it teaches them not to think for themselves. Now, if our team are not thinking for themselves and we're having to spoon feed every little thing, how does that work for your business? Does it mean that you can do more, take time off, grow the business? Of course it doesn't. Does it mean that your team can be independent of you? Of course it doesn't. So by micromanaging our people, we are teaching them not to think for themselves and just essentially to be robots under our control. It also completely stifles creativity and innovation. If your team members are too scared to even breathe without your permission, why are they going to think about a great idea for your business and come to you with that idea? It doesn't create room, opportunity, space, for creativity and innovation. So it absolutely stops that before it can even begin. If you have ever worked for a micromanager before, and I feel like we saw a lot of micromanagers in the 80s and 90s, it was kind of like the power style of managing. But if you've ever been under the control of a micromanager, how did you feel at work? Were you motivated? Was your morale high? I'm willing to bet absolutely not. And it is the same for your team. Micromanaging reduces morale immediately. And we all know that has a direct impact on productivity. When I'm interviewing and helping clients select uh, their next best employee, and I ask applicants about what leadership style they've enjoyed working under, who their favorite boss has been and why, and who their least favorite boss has been and why, consistently, the issue of micromanagement comes up. I don't enjoy being micromanaged. I didn't enjoy working in that business because I was micromanaged. People don't want to be micromanaged. They don't need to be micromanaged. At its very worst, a micromanaged environment can turn toxic very quickly because your team feel resentful towards you for how you're treating them. They don't feel trusted, and we're going to get into those trust issues. (laughs) Um, And so it can turn very toxic very easily. And when you've got that kind of culture, you're going to have high turnover rates and that costs you money and it costs you productivity. You're going to find it really hard to attract and retain good people in your business. And in some instances, employees even get burnt out at a higher rate in micromanaged environments because the heaviness, the stress of working in those environments creates a higher level of burnout. It's not good for business and it's not good for you and your team. In fact, there are no upsides at all to micromanaging. There's no trade-offs here. 
So if you are feeling like you're micromanaging or you know you slip into it from time to time and you struggle to figure out how to get out of it, I want to share a few practical strategies with you that you can just start to work on. I'm not going to say this this is going to immediately shift overnight for you, but here's some practical strategies you can start working on. The first strategy I recommend, because I think it's the one that often holds leaders back, is looking at developing your communication skills. And this is something we don't want to admit we're not very good at, but most of us are not very good at. And it's often the communication around giving direction, around setting goals, around setting expectations, uh, communicating what it is we want from our people because they can't read our minds. So developing your communication skills, and that might mean getting some training, getting some coaching. It might mean just practicing maybe creating yourself some structures and some formats. One of the businesses I'm working with at the moment, we've actually created a document that the three leaders in that business have to use when they're communicating a project to staff because we identified that this mishmash of communication styles and skills was causing their team a lot of stress because there were unclear expectations. One person would micromanage, one person would undermanage. We needed consistency. So we developed a framework. And now they all have to put the same information in when they're delegating out a project so that the team have that reliable consistency in communication. So developing your communication skills is a really practical way to start to step out from that micromanaging cycle. The second strategy is to master the art of effective delegation. Now, way back in episode number 21 of this podcast, we did an episode on mastering the art of delegation. I'll put a link in today's show notes. If delegating is something you struggle with, that would be a great episode for you to go ahead and listen to. Starting with small things, things that are easy to train on, easy to see if they're happening so that you can work through those trust issues again and start to delegate. If you've tried to delegate and it hasn't worked, it is most likely how you've delegated and how you've communicated that's caused that to come undone. It's probably not the employee's fault. So master the art of delegation is one of the most powerful ways you can get out of the micromanaging habit. The third thing, set clear and measurable goals and expectations and hold your team to them. That's not micromanaging. Setting clear goals and expectations is communicating. It's not micromanaging. And once you do that, you can step away and let them get on with it. What does the end result need to look like? What are the key fundamentals that need to happen along the way? Go and do it. You don't need to be involved in every tiny detail. And most importantly, if you're finding yourself micromanaging, I want you to check your trust issues because you've got them. (laughs) I hate to say that and I have absolutely been guilty of this myself, especially early in my uh, development of my team, and particularly with some areas of my business more than others, I will admit. Some areas I was really able to let go very quickly, other areas I had to tightly control, and it came down to trust issues. I wasn't trusting them to get on with the job. And maybe that came from a fear of failure, maybe that came from being a control freak, but fundamentally... You have to trust your people. If your people see that you do not trust them because you're micromanaging or any other reason that they might see that, you've lost them immediately. They're not going to trust you as a leader if you don't trust them. You need to check your trust issues. Now, if you have genuine reasons not to trust your team, like theft, dishonesty, deal with those. 
and perhaps exit those team members in an appropriate and legally you know, appropriate way. But if your trust issues are you, only you can work on those. So it might mean baby steps, but check your trust issues. I hope that's been interesting. Let's recap what we've chatted about today. We've unpacked the definition of micromanagement with thanks to the Oxford Dictionary. We've looked at some of the common characteristics of micromanagers. Guess what? They're also some of the common characteristics of great entrepreneurs. (laughs) So you are definitely not alone if you're feeling slightly concerned about this and why we keep falling into the cycle. I've given you some really powerful reasons why micromanaging is bad for your business. And if they aren't reason enough to stop, I don't know what is. And so I've given you some practical strategies so you can start to step away and stop micromanaging your people. I really hope you can take one of those ideas or strategies and start to work on that in your boss skills repertoire and in your business. Now, if you'd like to continue the conversation or ask questions about the traps of micromanagement, head over to the Facebook group and join us there. It's HR Support for Australian Businesses. You can just search that in Facebook groups, or of course, there is a link in today's show notes wherever you're listening to this episode. Thanks so much for joining me on this week's episode of the podcast. I really hope you've enjoyed it. And I can't wait to chat to you again next week on the People Powered Business Podcast. 